0: Health Matters with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you from tonight's edition of Health Matters. Well, this evening I'm joined in the Johannesburg studio by Professor Shingai Motan-Berwa. He's a specialist urologist practicing in Johannesburg and one of the founding members of the Prostate Cancer Foundation of South Africa. Professor Mittenberu, good evening. Welcome to the show.
1: Uh, Good evening, Karen. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. I hope you're going to have lots of men calling in. And if they don't want to call in, Mm -hmm. hopefully their wives will call in on their behalf (laughs) this evening. Because men are notorious for not wanting to talk about their medical conditions.
1: That's very true. In fact, that's one of the main reasons why men die younger than uh, women as well. We see our physicians five times less than females. We're less likely to actually take any condition that we have seriously and we're also more likely to take risks. So I think the the, the point is that we have to start taking our health more seriously as men.
0: Well, just a reminder before we start that if you have any information, if you'd like any information regarding Health Matters or if you've missed a contact number, you can find it on Facebook. Just go to Health Matters on SAFM. There's also a link on the Facebook page if you'd like to download a podcast of the show. But if you'd still like to contact me directly, you can email me on healthmatters at safm.co.za. So if you have any questions, and we're hoping all you men out there will have some questions for the prof because you all need to talk about what's wrong with you, you can call us now on 892 10 2010 0892 10 8, 2010 10. health matters with karen key so prof i mentioned at the beginning that you were one of the founding members of the prostate cancer foundation and that is almost your pet peeve that men don't take enough care of themselves and their prostate but i think at the very beginning let's just explain to them what exactly the prostate is
1: Okay. No, the important thing to remember is that generally our health as men is very similar to the health as females. And a lot of it has to do with uh, what we call the cardiovascular risks because the problem is mainly to do with with our heart and with diabetes, hypertension and all of the, these sort of things. But when it comes past that, the, one of the bigger killers uh, besides infectious diseases, particularly HIV, is that cancer is one of the biggest uh, killers for men. And when you consider that in men, our, we have our anatomy is a little bit different from females. What happens is that from our bladder, there's a pipe which comes out through our penis, which we call the urethra. And just below the bladder, sitting all the way around the pipe for passing urine, is a, it's sort of like a donut. It's something called the prostate gland. And what this prostate gland does normally is that it's actually attached to the testicle by a long tube called the vas. Because when a man is having intercourse and when we ejaculate, most of what we ejaculate is actually not sperm. Less than 1% of what a man ejaculates is sperm. Most of what we're ejaculating is stuff made by this prostate and another gland called the seminal vesicle. These are things like sugars and proteins and stuff which support the sperm outside the body. And what happens in all men after around the age of 40 is that it starts. this prostate starts to get bigger. And as it gets bigger, in about 20% of men, Uh, it can become a cancer and uh, prostate cancer is actually the commonest type of cancer after skin cancer in men and it's also the second biggest killer as far as cancers go after lung cancer and in men as well and it's actually quite easy to pick up and it's very easy to treat if we pick it up early so the whole point is that men have to recognize that we do are we are we we do have the risk of developing cancers skin cancer as I said is the commonest but the good thing about skin cancer is that it's almost obviously it almost it's usually obvious and you can see what's happening and most of them are relatively easily curable lung cancer which is the biggest killer of cancer in, in as far as men goes is extremely preventable of course ninety percent of lung cancers are caused by smoking really it's probably the most important health risk uh, health choice you can make in your life is not to smoke or to stop smoking but as far as prostate cancer goes the important thing is that you do need to get it checked at least once a year after the age of 40 and there are lots of controversies about it i don't think we'll get into that tonight but in general in 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 africa at the moment in south africa if you can go to your physician once a year get yourself checked generally blood pressure sugar cholesterol, how you have to do what's called a rectal examination where we put our finger in the anus for a few seconds just to feel the prostate because it's important to check with our finger that whether there's any lumps or bumps in the prostate. And then a blood test, which we call a PSA or prostate-specific antigen, once a year. And if you do that, you have a a 95% chance you're going to get cured if you do develop prostate cancer.
0: The thing though about prostate cancer is that in the very early stages, you're not going to really know that you have any symptoms. The symptoms are, it's almost a silent
1: a silent disease. In, mm. in, in, yeah, that's very true. Unlike the, the, the commonest cancer in females, again, is skin cancer, but it's uh, but the second most common is breast. And breast cancers are a little bit more obvious. At least you can a female can actually feel the lumps in her breast when you're developing breast cancer. In men, unfortunately, although this prostate sits around the pipe for passing urine, and often it does start to give difficulty passing urine, you find symptoms and that sort of thing of waking up more at night, you're rushing to the toilet to have difficulty in passing urine that's almost always caused by the the normal enlargement which we call BPH or benign prostatic hyperplasia. Prostate cancers, the majority develop on the outer parts of the prostate. So, in other words, they're developing away from the pipe for the passing urine. So, to develop symptoms of difficulty passing urine, waking up at lot at night, which we call nocturia, and things like that, usually only happens in prostate cancer late in the disease. So, you shouldn't be waiting for symptoms before you go and get yourself checked for prostate cancer. You have to get yourself checked with the examination and the blood test.
0: If you have any questions for the prof, you can call us now on oh eight nine two ten twenty ten oh eight nine two ten twenty ten. Prof, we had a call in here. Didn't want to go on air, but wanted to know which is better, the finger test as they called it, <laughs> or the blood test. I think men are, yeah, trying, men to are trying to avoid that. The can test. they just go for the blood test?
1: Again, it, first of all, the the, the, rec- the rectal examination is extremely important. In fact, if you look at the American data, and it's not re- it's not really relevant to South Africa because they have what we've called a stage migration, where they because they've been doing blood tests and the, re- the rectal examination since 1994, they now have most of the disease is usually low stage or what we call a low risk disease, which is easily treatable. We're still in the stage where we haven't actually screened most of our patients to pick up the low risk diseases. So f- in our case. The rectal examination is extremely important. In America it's even more important because the blood test is not is is well, there are various reasons why it's not so important in, in America at the moment. But in South Africa, unfortunately, you do need to get the rectal examination done at least once in as far as the as examination, usually from about the age of forty. There is some data, it's not very good data, that if you start getting your blood test done at a very young age, maybe just before 40 or around 40, that you might be able to, we can predict if you're going to develop prostate cancer just from the blood test. But to be honest, it's such a simple examination, it's really not that uncomfortable and it's really quite easy to do, that I would have to say that you really should get both of them done. But if you really, really insist that you don't want to have the rectal examination done, you can probably... Pick up the majority of of prostate cancers from the blood test, but unfortunately. PSA, which is normally found in your prostate anyways, it's what because if a man ejaculates, most of what we when we ejaculate, our semen comes out, it's a little bit sticky initially, and after about 20 minutes it becomes watery. And PSA, which is what we call a trypsin-like enzyme, actually does the the liquefica- liquefaction of the of the pro- of the prostatic fluid so that sperm can actually swim out into the uterus of the female. And so it's normally found in the prostate. And if you and so in, in prostate cancers, the really bad prostate cancer. Cancers, it often is not produced at all and so you may actually find a perfectly normal PSA in a very bad cancer so to be honest guys you really should just get both of the tests done and not just rely on one or the other.
0: And family history is also very important because would you then start testing earlier for that?
1: Yes in fact there's some very good data and we're actually bringing up some new data out from Limpopo as well that unfortunately black guys consider themselves to be more immune to prostate cancer. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that blacks have a higher risk of getting prostate cancer, and they're more likely to die from the prostate cancer. But the point is that both any, whatever your race is, you still have to get it checked. And if you have a first-degree relative, that's either your brother, your sister, your father, your mother, who has had prostate cancer or, and why I'm saying mothers and sisters, breast cancer, because breast cancer, the gene that causes breast cancer, and the, some of the genes that cause breast cancer and some of the genes that cause prostate cancer are very similar, that you have a, up to a five times greater risk of developing prostate cancer in men. So. You have to find out if your your your, your first-degree relatives had breast cancer. You have to find out if your fam- any member of your family has had prostate cancer. If you do, you should probably be getting yourself checked from about the age of thirty-five.
0: Right. If you'd like to call us, oh eight nine two ten twenty ten. Eve in Omtata. Good evening. Good evening. Uh-huh. How can we help you this evening?
2: Yeah. Um. No, I heard uh, about your program. i um, um, I'm just calling to say. About, I think it's about five, six years ago, um, I've got a problem with the, I think after some time I realized the radio frequency uh, on the cell phone. I used to use cell phone a lot. Like uh, uh, my business, the car, I mean, Like I send a lot of rats outside. They phone me all the time. I have, have to report time to time. Then after I start to realize something like mind pain, headache, slowly, and uh, I stop cell phone. I stop phoning, and then I come right. After I start phoning again, then it comes back. Just like that. And, uh, in fact, after some I realize that it's out of the phone, everything cutless troubled me. Mm. I feel bad.
1: Okay, so basically you're just talking about the fact that the, the, this, the, the about people's worries about the fact that sometimes using cell phones and mobile devices can cause some Different damages to the body, and to be honest, there the data about whether you can get headaches, whether you get um, increased rates of brain cancers, increased rates of Alzheimer's disease, which is a neurological condition where you get damage to the coatings of the blood of the nerves in the brain and the spine. It's really still out, and we uh, the generally most of the studies have not shown a direct correlation between use of mobile devices and gen- and most m- most of the medical conditions that people have. But I would say that if you are specifically having some issues, it is possible because remember that the the your brain is an electromagnetic field as well. And when you are using cell phones, they can affect it. So for you, I would say probably you should try to avoid them. But I would say to the general population that the data doesn't really stand up. It's not very robust at the moment. But you, I as we say, as the days go by, we'll probably be looking into that
2: more. Yeah. No. no but what I can advise also to many people, uh, really honestly speaking, cell phone, especially Blackberry. When somebody using Blackberry next to me, I'm telling you, I can feel it. The Blackberry <laughs> ring in the pocket, well, even somebody, I'm able to tell around me that no man, somebody's yeah. got a especially blackberry, it's got a high volume, it's about one well, 1.58. If I check it, that might just uh, be that,
1: just might be other things. Like, for example, some people are more sensitive to the to tones and, and to different yeah, sounds. Yeah,
2: exactly. Me, I'm hypersensitive. Well, me so is hypersensitive. That, I think like that's a personal thing now, I'm, I'm yeah. having a burning stomach and all the symptoms. I've been in the stomach sometimes my lungs and feminine yeah. headache pains and the <laughs> head and things like that. Well, so le- le- honestly speaking, Eve, anything d- cutless.
1: Yeah, like
2: GSTV, well, mm-hmm. like there's those satellite that modern GSTV TV around me. I feel bad. I feel okay. numb. Well, for I would you, I've been in food in the stomach like that. Well, I've been s- suffering for this for a long time.
1: Well, the stomach then, thing. Let me. Can I tell you something about that, Eve? That the stomach thing that you're talking about, which is what we call peptic ulcers or gastritis. We it's well recognized now that the majority of people who have that have a specific type of infection called uh, py- uh, Helicobacter pylori. And the whole point is that if you're having peptic ulcer disease, which is gastritis burning and it's often associated with difficulty yeah. in swallowing and you can have even difficulties breathing at night, you should get yourself seen by a gastroenterologist. What they usually will do is pass a camera down into your stomach, make sure that there's no growths like cancers and stuff in the stomach, because that can also cause similar pain. They can then do biopsies and uh, basically take tests to make sure that there's not the bacteria there. And then usually a course of a specific type of antibiotic and what we call PPIs, which are protein pump inhibitors, which basically decrease the acid production in your stomach. is usually okay. curative, provided you also make some lifestyle changes, decrease, if you're, not, if you're smoking, don't smoke, cut back on chili, decrease the amount of caffeinated drinks. It can be curative just from a single course of these medications. So I would say go and see your gastroenterologist and don't be too worried about which type of cell phone is causing you your problems, to be honest.
0: Okay, oh, Eve, okay. I hope that's going to help you. Thank you very much for getting through to us this evening. Thank Thanks. Thanks. Good night Bye. to you. Off to East London. Um, Lokovana, good evening. Hello. Oh, he's not there with us yet. So we, we were talking, uh, we were sort of on the prostate thing, and um, we were talking, you mentioned to Eve as well about lifestyle changes. Would that have any impact on prostate cancer at all?
1: Oh, yes, Definitely. Let me put it this way: You know, one of the uh, we we do a lot of studies and we're involved in a lot of research. But I can tell you, there's a research which is out there which probably has not been uh, expressed enough because it was based on on, on uh, it was actually sponsored by a megadose Viennens company, and the results weren't exactly what they wanted to happen. But it was one of the most expensive tests uh, research done by the FDA, the Federal uh, Dr- Drug Administration in America. Fourteen billion dollars uh, ended in two thousand and seven. It was comparing three arms. One of them was uh, a megadose vitamin, which everyone likes—the idea of what, a magic pill to protect you. There was one arm was uh, patients who were just eating normal diet, and there was one which was diet and exercise. At the end of the study, the one which came out worst was actually the megadose vitamin. And I don't think—I'm not saying don't take vitamins, but I'm just saying that there's no such thing as a magic pill. The magic pill, if you really want to look at it, was actually the exercise arm. When we looked at the exercise arm, it showed that there was a decrease in the amount of your cardiovascular risk, which is the biggest killer of men and women as well that's diabetes hypertension Uh, heart attacks, because remember diabetes and hypertension are not about sugar, they're not about blood pressure, they're about cardiovascular damage, they're damage to your blood vessels, and that's what's causing you the deaths. And it decreased all of these risks by up to 80% in the the exercise arm. But what was really exciting and really interesting, which is really one of the things I hope we'll take home here, is that this exercise arm, which was only 20 minutes per day, uh, and well, didn't it didn't have to be heavy exercise. Just even just walking or whatever, it decreased your cancer risk by thirty percent. Now there's nothing, and that's not just prostate cancer. That was all cancers. That was l- the skin cancer. That was pancreatic cancer. That was lung cancer. All of them decreased by thirty percent just by twenty minutes of exercise per day. And this study was taken over a ten year period. Now. I don't think that there's anything more important for men to remember and, and everybody to remember out there is that we have to decrease the, the, the laziness in our population. Exercise is such an important thing and decrease the amount of calories in our diet as well because there's good evidence to show that what we call insulin resistance, which is a relationship to diabetes, is also one of the causes of cancers as well. So if we can just make a couple of lifestyle changes, Make sure that we de- we stop smoking. No smoking. It's it, it, I, I won't go on about. It. I won't pontificate on that. Increase the amount of exercise you do, decrease the number of calories, and I'm not talking about just fat or whatever. You can. It's not about what what type of food you're eating so much. It's more about the numbers of calories you're taking, because unfortunately we have taken over the world as the most obese nation in the world. We overtook from America. We're now thirty percent of not only our adults but also our children are 30, are obese, mainly because of high caloric, sugary. Uh, intake, if we can decrease that it's going to make such a huge impact on our general health and even on our cancer risk.
0: So there is a lot we can actually do to help ourselves.
1: We have to make the most, you, you're the one who's going to make the most, the biggest change in your life. It's not about your doctor, it's about yourself more than anything else.
0: Dlokovane in East London, good evening. Good
3: evening ma'am, thank you very much uh, I've been holding for you.
0: Thank you. How can we help?
3: Uh, ma'am, this is a wake-up call, especially to us weak leg men. Uh, I never knew about this type of cancer. I only thought it would occur okay maybe when I'm at uh, 65 years of age and older than that. I'm now uh, 45 years of age. Last year, that is in 2012, in January, I saw my left leg uh, getting swollen, the whole leg but it became painful on the hip. At a later stage, the doctor took me to the ultrasound where they saw a a growth in me, in my tummy. That is a tumor growing next to my left kidney. This was a big tumor to an extent that uh, they admitted me on the 23rd of May last year for an operation. So after they've taken part of that to the laboratory, then they came and they told me that it's prostate cancer. And then it was wow. I was like, uh, I never thought I would ever have a prostate cancer because I didn't have a problem with my passing of the urine. And I never had a problem as a man. But then uh, I was so surprised. And uh, I was now lying there in hospital thinking that I was going to die. Uh, but apparently I did have a medication that I took even on the last month I went on for a checkup and I was told now it's at 0.04 so the only question that I had for tonight is that is it uh, avoidable or is it reversible this prostate cancer
1: okay that's, uh, thank you for your very honest comments about that. And I think it's really important for men to recognize that you can actually develop prostate cancer at a very early age. And unfortunately, yeah. the earlier you get the prostate cancer, the more likely it's going to be the bad types of cancer. Because to be uh-huh. honest, if you live long enough, every man will get prostate cancer. But the the yeah. thing is that the, as you get older and older, often the cancers are not very serious cancers, they're not very angry cancers. They don't give you too much yeah. trouble. But the young in young men, The cancers can be very aggressive and what you were talking about about your blood test being 0.04 what he's talking about is the the PSA the prostate specific antigen it's supposed to be less than four in men and uh, but there's lots of issues about that it's not just based on that it has to be dealt with with the rectal examination now the as far you've already got prostate cancer i think they've probably put you on what we call androgen deprivation therapy if i'm not mistaken some injections and some tablets Um,
3: there's an injection that I put every three months in That's my tummy, right. and uh, right. I'm
1: using Casodex as well. That's right. Case okay. Casodex is a it's a trade name for a, a drug called Bicalutamide, which is what we call an anti androgen. And the injections are what we call GnRHs, or gonadotropin releasing hormone agonists. What they're doing is basically suppressing your man chemical testosterone from your testicles, because prostate yeah. cancers are dependent on testosterone once they become angry and e- and nasty. Mm. And it does help. To suppress it, and it can have some very good long-term outcomes as well. I've had patients who have been on androgen t- uh, suppression once, because we usually only put it on, give it to patients when the cancer is already spread, which obviously, uh, unfortunately, has already happened to you. But I've had patients who have been had androgen suppression for 15, 20 years, and they've still been very comfortable, happy, and healthy patients. Yes. There are some side effects from androgen deprivation, but we haven't got time to get into that tonight. Yes,
3: but because the- what I've noticed, doctor is that uh, after I was using this medication I've gained weight
1: Yes, unfortunately. And
3: uh, I'm, get, I'm gaining weight, but uh, I'm still exercising. That's
1: excellent. That is probably the most important thing you can do. Exercise. Remember that you yes. should, in your case, you should probably be also uh, re- ass- assessing whether you should be putting yourself on a bit of calcium and possibly even vitamin D, which are the, which also controls your calcium. Because remember, you're also going to get some bone uh, weakness as well because of the androgen deprivation. That's what,
3: that's what I've realized because I'm falling there and then. I'm, 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 I'm a construction worker. Mm. effect yeah. but you'll find that I'm falling and if I've fall down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll find my joint painful for for a longer period. Maybe for like three days, I'll
1: feel pain on my joints. Yeah, no, th- it's a bit complex because you there's a lot of other things. You are you probably are also having what we call hot flashes, where you get hot and yes, but, but, yeah, I'm yeah, searching, I'm searching right. a lot. Yeah, th- I think you have to go and see your urologist and discuss with him about the side effect profiles that you're having at the moment because there are some preventable things, and especially as a construction worker, you do need I'm to. I'm happy
3: be- because I'm seeing them next week Monday. Yeah, so. but
1: just make sure that, I mean, mo- the, I know most of the urologists in the country and I'm, I can tell you already that they're probably some of the best in the world. But you have to, yeah. as like, well, I think the the point in tonight is that we as men have to take control of our health. You have to go I'm, out I'm, and spe- gla- speak to I'm glad to
3: that you guys have this kind of a program because, you know, these things, we kind of turn a blind eye on them. And when they catch up with us, we like... Uh, these were not our diseases, we were supposed to be white men's disease, but uh, <laughs> in, in South Africa, I've seen more, I mean, of this kind of diseases coming to black people, it means the lifestyle
1: has changed a lot no no it's not even so, uh, lifestyle it looks i mean like some of the studies we're doing up in limpopo at the moment have shown that there's some specific types of a, uh, genes and which predispose us as black men to prostate cancer and that's why whether you're in south africa or in america mm. we as black because men unfortunately what have what, what worries
3: me doc uh, lastly yeah. uh, at home there has never been someone with cancer i was the first one to be diagnosed with this
1: well remember Mom? it cancer can happen to anybody and that's why it and it can happen at any age remember that even children can develop cancer and that's why you have to keep an eye out make sure that you you, that if you see any changes in your children as well they should also be checked and in fact we've shown that there's some very good data to show that the pickup for cancers and for all conditions are better in children in male children up until the age of about 16 when the mothers stop seeing them because at puberty then we start picking up all oh. our bad habits of not taking care of our health and looking after ourselves yes, so yes, the point yes. is that it can happen at any age and it's the important thing for you is more to tell your siblings your first degree relatives your brothers your sisters yes. that they must also yes. get themselves checked and, cho- and your children if you and have any children, children. Yeah. You
0: no
3: know, i've got children um i was blessed with twins twice Wow. and I decided. No, well, the, the I don't have to have <laughs> someone now, and I'm not drinking. I'm not smoking. No, th-
1: let, let me tell you the one of the some of the things you can do for your kids if they're before yeah. puberty. The biggest, the, the even the worldwide f- in females the yes. top cancer killer is breast cancer in south Africa is probably oh. cervical cancer the bottom of the womb and yes. there's a government initiative because i actually my main job is actually working at a government hospital dr George McCutter hospital in Pretoria. Oh, okay. there's a government initiative that we should start on this the vaccine for which is which uh, protects us from a, a virus called uh, uh, HPv or uh, okay. uh, yeah HPv virus which is it is the main cause of cervical cancer if you've got pre-pubital daughters they should be probably getting that vaccine because it protects, it will basically prevent them getting cervical cancer in your male, and the breast, they should get their breasts checked regularly. There's new gene things coming out. And if they're male children, for prostate cancer particularly, they should be getting checked probably from about the age of 35 because you got your cancer relatively early, even though you were saying 65 is when you expected it. That is with the median age where most of people do develop prostate cancer. But the bad cancers happen earlier. So you should tell them to Get checked from about thirty-five.
3: I'll do that. Dog, I'm thankful. Thank you very much, and your
1: partner. Well, thank you for your. Thank you for, your, your well, thank you for Thanks your for your getting
0: through talk. to us. Good night to you. you. If you have any questions or comments for the prof, you can call us on oh eight nine two ten twenty ten oh eight nine two ten twenty ten. Some Pway in in Durban. Good evening.
4: Hi. Good evening, uh, Karen. Hi. Uh, thanks for the lovely show.
0: Eh? Pleasure. How can we help, some Um, I've
4: written, I've recently been to. to to the urologist. Um, My doctor recommended I go to the urologist because he diagnosed that my urine had uh, blood samples. Mm -hmm. So the urologist, um, uh, he diagnosed me with, um, I mean, he said that my prostate was infectious. Okay. He gave me antibiotics uh, to, to get rid of that infection. So my question to the doctor or to the urologist on the studio is, is this the sign of the prostate cancer?
1: Okay. The short answer is no, not directly. Now, what he's probably talking about is something called prostatitis, which is basically a big name for an inflammation or infection of the prostate. And there are different types of them. There's some that are caused by bacteria, there's some that are caused by various other things as well that can cause it. But the thing is that we do, there's no direct evidence that normal prostatitis from the normal bacteria that are found around the, the which was usually something called E. coli, can cause, oh. increase your risk of prostate cancer. But there is some data that's coming out, particularly from my colleagues, some of my colleagues in Pretoria as well that if you've been had a prostatitis which is related to an STI and these are gonorrhea and chlamydia particularly, there can be an increased risk of prostate cancer from that. So I would say that the, the urologist is checking you for a number of different things. He's put you on the tr- uh, adequate treatment, I'm sure. He's making sure that there's no issues. Again, even if, you d- even if you do develop the prostate cancer, the thing is that if he picks it up early, as I said, 95% chance of a cure if it's picked early. So I would just say just stick with your your treatment and check what's going on, but don't get too stressed. It's very unlikely that this is going to be a direct cause of prostate cancer. Okay, and
4: uh, lifestyle-wise, it's related to any lifestyle. Is not
1: the, the, the main lifestyle thing, as I said, which may have an impact is uh, ex- sexually transmitted infections (STIs). But besides that, exercise and diet, and a good and there are I mean there are some medications which are out there which we have shown to decrease the risk of some not so bad cancers in the prostate. These are particularly what we call five ARIs or five alpha inhibitors, which are used to in normal enlargement to help to make the prostate smaller. But the point is that the main thing is for you to just look after yourself, get yourself checked regularly and have a good diet and exercise regularly. Thanks, Doc. No problem. Have a good day. Thanks
0: for getting through. Thanks, Apire. Good evening. Um, Thank you. Our previous caller was talking about the treatment that he'd had. What sort of treatment can men expect? Because I think that is the most scary part. If the diagnosis comes and then they start thinking, the first thing that goes through their head is they heard somebody talking sort of 10 years ago that if they had some medical procedure done, they'd end up with erectile dysfunction. And, (laughs) you know, you you, you go back to what you heard from great uncle something 10 years ago. What is the situation these days?
1: Okay. First of all, let's go back to the, the gentleman who's got, he's got what we call met, uh, metastatic or, or or locally advanced prostate cancer. These are the ones that we don't want to reach. We actually want to pick it up earlier than that. And unfortunately, or we are fortunate, when fortunate because it does, we have treatments for it, but unfortunately what happens when you have metastatic which means it's spread, or locally advanced which means it's going outside of the prostate that we usually have to get rid of your testosterone, the man chemical, and that either means cutting off your testicles themselves, which we called an orchiectomy or giving you these injections which do the same thing and there are lots of side effects as you were hearing including Uh. weight gain you you decreased uh, decreased, uh, 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 body muscle increased bone weakness and also lots of sexual factors as well including the fact about erectile dysfunction and just to diversify for a few seconds erectile dysfunction is a big issue it's not a Mickey Mouse condition and a lot of people like to take it like it's a joke but the point is that erectile dysfunction is a direct cardiovascular link to death so if you Get erectile dysfunction, you're more predisposed to developing diabetes, hypertension, heart attacks, all of these things. It has to be addressed and you have to check it out if you do have erectile dysfunction. Now, if you have early stage cancer, which you pick up, which is the ones we're looking for, there are basically three main treatments that we're going to be doing. Either we're going to remove the whole prostate which is called a radical prostatectomy in the many ways we can do it we do it through robots in some state in some countries is actually a robot coming into the country which is always sounds very exciting but there are other ones which are the open ones where we cut and remove they have about a ninety five percent cure there if it's if it's a low stage disease again There's radiation treatments which include what we call brachytherapy where we inject radiation seeds into the prostate and what we also call external beam radiation which we use a linear accelerator to do this they also have about a 95% cure rate. But one of the really exciting things, and one of the things which is coming out more and more in our, in, as far as urologists go, is that there's a third form of treatment, if I can put it in inverted commas, which we call active surveillance. And this is probably the big weight for most patients with relatively low-risk prostate cancer to go. Because unfortunately, prostate cancers, we, we probably are overtreating them. Because as I said, if you live long enough, you're going to get prostate cancer. And at least half of them are probably cancers which were never going to give you any problem, but we have to treat them because we don't know what's going on. So what we're doing now more and more is that if we pick up and you're not a very high-risk prostate prost- prostate cancer patient, we just follow you up, we do regular tests, make sure that the cancer is not getting bad or uh, nasty, and you probably have a 95% cure rate as well if we pick it up that it's starting to be nasty. But you have a very good chance that you might not ever have to have any active treatments for the prostate cancer as well. So generally... If you go and get, if you do get yourself checked, it's not to mean you're going to have to have something done, but it does mean that if you do get pick it up early, that if it does have to be, if something like the radiation or the radical prostatectomy has to be done, you still have a huge chance that you'll be cured.
0: So basically, the bottom line is the earlier you go, the better your chances are. Do not leave us, please. You know, as as, as the women of this co- women of this country, we want our men to live longer. So you know, for our sakes, if not for your own, <laughs> go and get yourselves checked That's out, it. please. Right, Simon in Butterworth. Good evening
5: hello good evening Hi. Uh,
0: I'm,
5: I'm sorry i don't know whether I probably you must have dealt with i've got uh, some questions to ask the doctor two questions number <laughs> one i'm getting symptoms like um um passing urine immediately after heavy drinking mm. whether it's brandy gin whiskey what beer. but if i consume a lot i and i am impressed i must go to the toilet immediately otherwise i wet myself yeah i've got no breaks number two Mm. uh i normally have four or five days without uh going to to the loo you know i become constipated constipation yeah okay now is it uh, one of probably signs and symptoms of uh the prostate
1: or what? How old are you? If you don't I'm, know?
5: 62, I'm 62, I'm yeah. a
1: Yeah, and have you had your prostate checked at any stage? Sure. Have you ever had your prostate checked? No, no, no. Okay, now you should get your prostate checked not only because of these symptoms because although they are not they're, they're not the only symptoms and they don't always mean prostate cancer constipation and this rushing to the toilet particularly at night which we call overactive bladder disease can be a relationship with prostate enlargement and also prostate cancer as a as a spin off. The point is that it doesn't necessarily mean it's prostate cancer, but you still need to get it checked because, especially the overact, the constipation is really quite easy to treat. But you have to make sure. Remember that one of the, the third biggest killer of men, after lung cancer, as far as cancers go, lung cancer, breast, uh, prostate cancer, the third one is actually called colonic cancer, and you need, and that one is quite difficult to pick up because often you only get things like changes in your bowel habits, bit of blood in the stool, and you need to get a colonoscopy yeah. done. So you should go and see your physician. About that. The constipation can be related to prostate cancer, but it's usually when it's very large and it's very unlikely that that it doesn't happen very commonly directly because of prostate cancer. But the over, the rushing to the toilet is often just because the bladder muscles are overworking, and there's lots of treatments for that, but you need to get yourself checked. Make sure it's not the it's more likely that you've got the benign, the not cancerous one, but you can't be sure until you've got yourself checked. But the treatments are really quite simple. We usually put you on medications which we call anticholinergics which basically relax the bladder muscles and you'll get a lifestyle change almost immediately. You'll find that yourself, you won't have any problems passing urine. You'll be passing it more regularly and not wetting yourself and you'll find yourself much happier but you have to go and see your physician because they have to make sure that all these other things aren't there.
0: Right. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for getting through to us. Thank you. All right. Good night to you. Right. Off to Durban. Subramani, good evening. evening, man. Hello. How Um, can we help?
6: I've been diagnosed with prostate cancer. And uh, they did a bit of surgery. They said there. They scraped something, and but they, I want to know whether it can spread. The cancer can spread.
1: Hold on. What uh, they they did? What they scraped w- something? They, is they, is they, they probably did. They do what's called a TRP, a transurethral resection of the prostate. Is that what they did? I'm not sure. They, they, well,
6: that's what my urologist said. They did a scraping and all that, and uh, they put me on uh, a chemical, a medicine a tablet.
1: Called C A L O X A. Casode Caloxa.
6: Casodex. Yes. it's
1: c it spelled C A L O X A. Coloxa Coloxa I'm not j- sure. H- how old are you? I'm 77. 77. Okay, let me p- put it this way: at your age, that you, uh, now I'm not saying that you're old because you still sound very fit and healthy, and, and we know that if you live to reach the age of 70, you've still got about 20, 25 years, depending on the data, to, to live. It's you should have a good life expectancy. At 77, there's. You're, the chances of you having prostate cancer are probably in the region of about 70%. But the good thing is that those prostate cancers are probably not going to be bad cancers. And what I think from what I'm gathering, what they probably did is something called a transurethral resection of your prostate, probably because you're having difficulty passing urine. What we do with that is we pass camera, a camera down through your pipe for passing urine, and we use various energy methods to, to remove part of the blocked up area where the prostate is getting bigger, and so you can pass urine better. But the point is if they're doing that, then the chances are they're probably not trying to do anything aggressive to your cancer, which is probably the right way to go, because the whole point is that after about the age of 70, even if we pick up uh, prostate cancer, most of the time we're going to be doing some sort of watchful waiting or active surveillance, making sure that the cancer doesn't get really nasty, but the chances are it's probably never going to give you any problems. And even if it does spread, which is very unlikely, not very unlikely, but it can be unlikely, then the chances are that we can still do lots of things to suppress the cancer as well. So I, I think you have to again, the point is to be proactive and to, to empower yourself. Actually ask urologist, because I mean, there's so many permutations that you're talking about that I can't really give you a full answer. But I would say go back, talk to him, find out what his plans are, what his long-term issues are, and make a decision about what you want to do. Because he, but he, I
6: he told me that um, the, 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 the tablet that he's given me, the caloxa, mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to put it on chronic and make me take it for the rest of my
1: life Kadura Are you sure it's not Kadura
6: C A L O X I got a box here
1: Okay I'm not sure but it's probably I, What's the generic term cuz there's so many gen, um yeah. what do you know what, the, what what's the t- what's the main the the the, the 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 tablet what they they usually have a standard name not the the, the trade name what's the generic name there you, uh, I, I don't, I don't There know. should be on the box it should tell you that what it's what it's really made of Anyways, it's fine. The whole point is that the the I uh, it, it w- you again just go maybe go and talk to your urologist about it because I I'm not sure exactly if he's removed the part that's blocked up. What he's putting you on, I'm not sure exactly what it's for. There are lots of things that he could be putting you on for. So I'd say that you have to just find out exactly what the what the treatments are for. But if if,
6: it, if he told me that he's going to uh, put me on something for chronic for for life, mm-hmm. it means that uh, maybe he's got it under control. <laughs>
1: I'm sure it is. I think Superman is looking
0: for some some reassurance. I don't think, let let me say,
1: 77 years old, I've told you, I don't think you have much to worry about prostate cancer. Almost certainly what he's treating is just your other symptoms. Maybe you've been rushing to the toilet. Maybe you've got a bit of difficulty passing urine. Maybe he's treating you for your erections. I'm not sure. But if he's putting you something like chronic, because the the cancer treatments that we put you on are generally not put on chronic. So I'm pretty sure what what this Caloxa thing, I'm not sure what it is, is not for prostate cancer directly. So I think you're fine. Let me put so it that Nick, way. So next time you, you speak to fine. him,
0: Subramani, yeah. just ask your doctor I what, what, what that is. I think too exciting. Mm. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. All right. Thanks for getting through. Yeah. Good night to you. Yusuf in Benoni, good evening.
6: Uh, good evening, uh, Professor Shangai.
0: Hi. Hi. How can we help, Yusuf?
6: Yes. Uh, I want to find out, Professor Shangai, why is that the pancreatic cancer always normally picked up at the third, third stage? Yeah. Has there any research been done on it?
1: Oh, yeah, there's lots of research. In fact, Steve Jobs, who died from pancreatic cancer, and he actually had went through a lot of tests which have helped a bit with the pancreatic cancer diagnosis because he actually did his whole gene makeup to try to find out what the cause was and whether there's some treatments. But remember, the pancreas is an organ which is sitting just behind the stomach. It's got t- It's attached to the fir- first part of your intestines after your stomach called the duodenum, and it's producing two main chemicals. One of them is a an enzyme which helps to digest your, your 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 food and stuff like that, and the second one is insulin, which is the one that helps to which is basically stops you being diabetic. Both of them are extremely important, but the problem is that it's sitting in a basically like an open field, and even if you get a growth in the prostate in in the pancreas, it it's very it's it's it, doesn't give symptoms until it's really quite large and that's why because there's there's the stomach around it there's the gut they can be pushed away they don't feel much there's nothing much going on and it's only until you get pain and some enlargement there that it, it's really becomes a problem so pancreatic cancer is one of the issues that we have to keep we do have to watch but there are some preventable parts for prostatic can, for pancreatic cancer remember that one of the commonest causes of uh, that predisposing factors is pancreatitis which is inflammation of the prostate of the pancreas so i keep going prostate pancreas which is often associated with excessive alcohol intake, and so you have to make sure you try to cut back. Less is more. A little bit less alcohol in your diet. You try to check yourself. Checked, but generally, if you go for a general checkup, there are some vague symptoms which they can pick up. And if you do get those, then you we can do scans to check it out. But pancreatic cancer, which is not the bif- it's not a very common cancer to be honest, but unfortunately, it is quite difficult to pick up. But also, if you are getting yourself checked for with a colonoscopy for for colonic cancer often they can do scans and they can often pick up one or two things when they're doing the investigations for that as well. It's not directly related to pancreatic cancer, but I would say that it's, uh, it's unfortunately, pancreatic cancer is one of those ones that it's just sort of a very silent thing until very late, unfortunately.
6: Okay, thanks Anyway, just want to make one comment, uh, Professor Shungai. Yeah. You spoke earlier about exercise and uh, a personal experience. You know, my blood pressure was getting out of control due to stress and that, and I, Used a treadmill for about three times, and then my blood pressure dropped to 130 over 85.
1: Mm-hmm. From 180. And you're still exercising, I hope. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no No no, That's, that's not good enough That's not no, good Yusuf, enough Yusuf
0: I think What uh, the prof uh, meant Was that you should Keep doing it Don't regular. just do it Just to <laughs> get your Blood pressure down And then stop Yes, regular so Start exercise. it up again Tomorrow please
1: Every day <laughs> 20 minutes a day That's all you need to do 20 minutes a day And it doesn't have To be on the treadmill You can even just Make sure that you Have a regular brisk walk Just make sure That you do And you can do it With your wife You can do it With your, with your dog You can hang yes. out It can be a pleasurable thing A bit of exercise The best pill you can take and then what Sex. <laughs> sex is a form of exercise it's good for your health as well in fact there's data French data which showed that if you're over the age of 60 and you have sex twice a week instead of twice a month yes. you decrease your cardiovascular you increase your your life expectancy by six years barring mm-hmm. every other comorbidities so yeah sex is good for you you can thanks make sure there, oh, there you go you <laughs> talk to your <laughs> partner you tell her that okay, yes, okay.
7: Right,
0: thanks okay. Yusuf yeah, good night yeah, to you right. right off to Kimberly now AJ good evening
7: uh, good evening doctor hi AJ yeah um i've been diagnosed by uh, it's a, a large post gland. Mm-hmm. so i would like to know what's the difference between a large prostate gland and a post a oh,
1: very good question but
7: i I've been, I've been having uh, been, uh, uh, I've, I just almost two years i've been treated that's right i'm, I'm quite healthy
1: and your treatment your the that's tre- that's tre- which that's treatment that's are you on
7: uh yeah, I first said uh, I was treated with uh, Flomax. Flomax, uh-huh. And now, uh, Aromax and uh, Cardulix. Okay.
1: Okay, yeah. Basically, I can tell you already that if your urologist or GP is treating you with those medications and he's not doing anything further, you've got the normal enlargement which we call BPH or benign prostatic hyperplasia. Every every man after th- after forty gets this enlargement, and about a third of these of men it's going to grow into the pipe for passing urine, give you difficulty passing urine, and the mainstay of treatment for that is we put you on what we call alpha blockers, and w- of which Flomax is one of them. It's a tablet called tamsulosin which basically what it does it's, it relaxes the muscles of the prostate so you're able to pass urine better and that is not going to predispose you pr- directly to prostate cancer and if you, they keep in but they we would still check your PSA your blood test once a year also do your rectal examination once a year just to make sure that it's not developing some f- areas of cancer but I can already tell you that that's almost certainly just the benign enlargement it looks like they've also put you on to something which we call a five alpha reductase inhibitor which helps to shrink the prostate it actually suppresses the intraprostatic testosterone man chemical which we know cre- uh, makes can- the prostate get smaller but all of these are for benign enlargement they're not for the cancer directly although we do use them f- in some <laughs> cases for cancer but, but, it's,
7: but it's painful
1: what's painful the it's it's to pass urine sorry
7: There's anything to worry about the prostate cancer
0: you Must he must, must, start worrying now about prostate cancer That's developing?
1: Right. No, no, no. You, it's not, you haven't got an increased risk just because you've got the normal enlargement. It doesn't mean you've got <coughs> an increased risk, but you still have the risk of getting it like any other man. And that risk is about 9% of world, uh, around the world. 20% of men will get it eventually. and one in, Let's put it this way, 1 in 6 men will get prostate cancer at some stage. You shouldn't be, Just because you've got the benign enlargement doesn't make you more at a risk, but you should still get it checked anyways.
7: Yeah, I do check every because November I'll be going for checkup and also for blood pressure.
1: Once a year, well done, Ed. Once a year, well done. That's it. But well the
7: problem is just my my late father. Mm-hmm. Now he passed on. He never had this, even my elder brother.
1: Yeah, but the point is that that's each person is different. We're just giving statistics tonight. What we're not saying, I'm not saying that every person who had, who every person who has benign enlargement. If your father didn't have prostate cancer, it doesn't mean you can't get prostate cancer. You still have a risk that you can get it. Similarly, if your father had prostate cancer, it doesn't necessarily mean you will get prostate cancer. It just means you have a higher risk. So the whole point is don't look at risks and don't look at percentages. Rather, just get yourself checked once a year.
0: Everybody's different. That's right. Yes, yes. AJ, well, well done to you and um, go yes, off and. and, and
7: this now, no, I, I'm, I'm very romantic now. I'm 37. Mm. I enjoy my sex with my wife, you see. Good show. So, but now, since there's now the different kinds of tricks in person, all that kind of now I'm low on
1: you know sex right. yes that that may not be directly related to your treatments although the f- the tamsulosin or flomax that you're on does decrease the amount of ejaculate that you have but that's not dangerous it
3: that or decrease. Or decrease
1: it decreases decrease. it and it also the the 5 alpha reductase inhibitors that we're talking about do have some sexual side effects as well but the yeah. point is that you have to get yourself checked for that as well because erectile dysfunction decreased libido they're closely related to cardiovascular risk and to low testosterone low man chemical that's what we call testosterone deficiency syndrome which predisposes you to cardiovascular problems. So you have to take that up as a separate issue. Talk to your your physician, your your GP or urologist about it. They must get yourself checked, your diabetes, make sure your sugar is fine, your blood pressure, cholesterol. Get your testosterone, your man chemical checked because if it is low, supplementing of of that increases your sexual activity, decreases your body fat and it also has a decrease, it also has been shown to decrease your prostate cancer risk as well. And it sort of sounds a bit funny because I was talking about re- getting rid of testosterone to, cu- to get rid of metastatic prostate cancer, but it's a completely different way that it works in that way. But the point is that you have to get yourself checked for erectile dysfunction because the erectile dysfunction and your sexuality is important not only for your general health and your well-being with your partner, but it also is a predisposing factor to cardiovascular risk and death. So you, this is not a Mickey Mouse condition. Going to see your yeah. physician and just talk about this.
7: Yeah. Now, okay. can you, the information that you're passing through to me now, can
0: you uh, email that for me? No, A-A-J, AJ, 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 listen to me. There is, if you leave, I'm going to put you back. Do you have access to an email? Yes. Okay, I'm going to put you back to my producer now. Give him your email address and I will send you a link Not where the you...
7: One, the one last thing which uh, I... AJ, used.
0: very quickly because we've got lots of other calls yeah. holding on now.
7: Second, the last thing which I requested from my doctor, it was now uh, the post to sustain the you know now these lus are very expensive, each is about one hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, those those are the pills for erectile dysfunction yep. they, they're, 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 it, there are some cheaper ones coming out there's some generics you can check them they're all very good for your health we're doing studies now they actually have protect. they actually protect you from heart attacks in a lot of studies and in fact in women they're also going to be used for that as well they're very good for your health just because of the cost I wouldn't get too worried provided your doctors put you on to it I would advise you to continue but remember that if you've got a low testosterone supplementation of the testosterone which is quite expensive it can be relatively expensive about uh, 1500 rands for Every three months, uh, a three-month injection, that alone can probably can in a number of patients stop mm-hmm. you having to use those medications as well because it re- restores your your manhood and your your erections. So I would say just get yourself fully checked up by your your physician, basically.
0: Aj,
7: but just hold. Okay.
0: Aj, hold the line. I'm going to put you back to my producer. Give him your email address, and I will send you some information tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Right, William in risk Good evening.
8: Hi, I'm a, la- a lady and my daughter.
0: Hello, how can we help you, William?
8: Yes, uh, i Dr. Mondesh. Uh, I've gone to bar and I've just done a test. Eh? Mm-hmm. I'm, f- I'm 54 years now, old, mm-hmm. and my PSA ne, mm-hmm. is 11.23. Yeah. Is it possible that I've got cancer, or it can be just a
1: yeah that's a very good question did they do the rectal yeah. did they do the they did the rectal examination where they put their finger in your anus as well right
8: yeah they did and yeah. what
1: did they say did they say it felt normal or abnormal no
8: nah, they didn't say anything but okay. they said that i must go now for biopsy
1: okay yeah okay mm. they they, the biopsy w- okay f- there are a couple of things here first of all remember that the 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 psa is not we call it prostate specific antigen but it's not specific for cancer itself there are lots of things that can make psa rise the it, the bigger it gets as the normal enlargement the higher psa goes if you have information in, inflammation from infection or from from from, from even from vigorous uh, uh, sex it can rise. It can be if you've got if you've got other stones and things in the bladder. It can rise. If you've had pipes passed into your bladder, it can rise. So, having a raised PSA and yours at eleven is not massively raised. It is raised enough for us to be concerned.
0: I think he said it was seven.
1: Eleven or seven. 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 Eleven seven point. Oh, eleven point. Yeah, sorry. Eleven.
8: Yeah. It 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 does need and to be. Can I can I say something again again? Okay? Mm-hmm. Because I've got my cat here. Because I'm. Uh, I've got a valve replacement. Eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would take valve replacement, but okay. I've got my uh, my card here at home, mm-hmm. and what they've written here is PSA eleven point two three, and there's uh, something like CRP.
1: CRP, yeah, they
8: say sixty three
1: point five. That's C-reactive protein. That's not really directly related to prostate cancer. It's just a general. It's just a general test to pick up if you've got some sort of inflammation in your body. I wouldn't worry about the CRP. The PSA as well. Remember what they usually what we do if your rectal examination is normal it feels like just a normal enlargement and the PSA is raised. Usually what we we'll do is wait for six weeks because that's what we call the half-life of the PSA to check whether it comes down because sometimes it can be because of other issues as I'm saying, many other issues and it might be an advisable for you to to ask them about that. Let me just put it because I work in a government hospital and I know we're very harassed and we're very busy but the point is you as a patient <laughs> yeah, must also yeah, just ask uh, them specifically.
8: Yes, but you must ask I them. them. So on the, the August, yeah.
1: Yes, okay, but just ask them specifically what their plans are because especially with an aortic valve as well there may be some other reasons why you might not benefit from a biopsy but I would say that you must ask them to talk to you and explain to you directly what's going on I know my registrars are always there some of our clinics at George McCarthy have 80 to 100 patients and we get very swamped but the point is we try to give as good service as possible and I can tell you that the government hospitals in this country are one of the some of the best in the world even though people are always complaining about them but you as a patient also have to make the effort to ask questions and find out exactly why they're doing the Babsi and what they plan to do eventually.
0: Right,
8: William, I hope uh, Most of the doctors
1: are getting patients. You know. <laughs> no, but you must remember that with the service, I can tell you, I've got, I've, got, I've got only six registrars and two medical officers at my department. On average, on a Monday clinic, they see 100 patients. It's very difficult, and I, tr- I tell the guys to be nice to the guys, and we do our best, but they're humans as well. But your point, my point to you is that you as a patient must take control and ask specific questions about why you're having things done.
0: Well, we got through quite a number of calls tonight. Unfortunately, there there were a couple holding on. We're not going to have time. We've got one minute left. Prof, thank you very much indeed for your time. I'm very grateful to you. And hopefully we've got the message out there. We seem to have spoken to a lot of people with a number of different takes on the same issue and uh, hopefully we've helped them to feel a little better. Not, it's sure, not quite so bad. I'm,
1: I'm hoping and uh, again, if you want to take the, the short the short answer again is that you must take control of your life. Make sure that you may, are proactive about take, looking after your health and make sure that you do exercise and take and take your diet seriously and please stop smoking
0: well my thanks once again this evening to professor Shingai Mutamberua. he's a specialist urologist practicing in Johannesburg and one of the founding members of the Prostate Cancer Foundation of South Africa and he's been my guest on tonight's edition of Health Matters if you need any further information you can take a look at www.prostatecancerfoundation.co.za if you have any questions about something you've heard this evening you can email me on healthmatters at safm.co.za or take a look at the Facebook page, Health Matters on SAFM.